Richard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Some councils are auditing schools and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl. For those who are in an open or polyamorous relationship, your relationships are holy. A gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman. We don't want to just win the argument about sexuality. We want to use this as a gospel opportunity. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You be the judge. Not necessary. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, just calm yourself. There is no need for you to play the federal head of the tens and tens of people listening to this year Wretched Radio program. The case has been settled. The verdict, it's obvious, I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained-fingers the most sarcastic article of the week. Hands down, no debate. From National Review, the headline reads, The Woke Code of Morality Was All Nonsense. Been observing this fact, courtesy of the Israeli-Hamas skirmish. Why are so many progressives on the side of terrorists? (laughs) Terrorism doesn't quite square with their progressive ideology. So how is it that they are maintaining any sort of consistency in their own brains? Well, it's not consistent, but that doesn't mean they aren't somehow managing a way to say, hey, everybody should just be allowed to live. Don't ever be a bully. Don't ever hurt anybody. Unless you're Hamas, and then you can go about the business of indiscriminately killing a bunch of Jewish civilians, raping and pillaging their villages. How do they do that? The answer in this article. Pick at random a fashionable idea about the ideal limits of free expression, and you'll observe that it has collapsed ignominiously into the dust. The prohibition on tone policing? Gone. Remember, hey, you have to have a soft and gentle tone. Except toward those Jewish people who deserve what they're getting. Gone. Gone. The injunction to believe all women evaporated. There, some of the reports of what is coming out of Israel, what has happened to women and children, ghastly. What happened to believing all of them? Well... There can be exceptions. In other words, their worldview, it was never built on any sort of a foundation that could be defended. It's just collapsing. The insistence that silence is violence, that neutrality is complicity, or that institutions are thus obliged to speak out about any injustice that they might see, defunct, obsolete, kaput, In the annals of bad human ideas, has an ideology ever been as swiftly hollowed out as this one? Um, Maybe, but this one (laughs) is pretty colossal. For more than a decade, our universities, media, HR departments, and our celebrities have terrorized us with a bunch of vicious dogmas that, it turns out, they never really believed in for a moment. In the name of diversity, inclusion, and equity, and any other abstract concept, Americans were asked to subordinate their freedom, their conversations, and their consciences to the personal preferences 
of a handful of unelected arbiters of taste. And then one terrible day in October, actual barbarity took place. It was staged, and within a few hours, the rules being applied to its apologists, the whole enterprise was revealed to be a brittle sham. That's because progressivism is. All of these arguments that are being made against common sense are, are, are just simply not applied when they don't want the rules applied. And, and, and they, they, they have to come up with a way to somehow justify their duplicity. And that is by making somebody out to be worse than the people who are terrible. It's, it's undeniable. What Hamas is doing is wicked. And yet, when you're on the side of wickedness, you can admit they're wicked because that would mean you're wrong, Fonzie. So what do you do? You make the victim seem like the oppressor. So you turn the oppressed into the oppressor, and therefore, it's justifiable. You say, are you sure? Well, this is from the New York University Law Student Bar Association. Israel bears full responsibility for this tremendous loss of life. (laughs) This regime of state-sanctioned violence created the conditions, get ready for this, that made resistance necessary. Words are violent, so make sure you say everything nice. When somebody commits actual violence, We somehow find a way to use our words to justify it. It's absolutely staggering and so obvious, unless, of course, you're in the system. Northwestern University Students for Justice. The instigator and perpetrator of this sustained injustice cannot then justifiably claim victimhood when the oppressed rise in response to some oppression. In other words, sometimes violence is good. So if you're being oppressed, child, just go ahead and punch your parents in the nose. I mean, I am applying that correctly, aren't I, my progressive friend? From Yale anthropology professor, settlers are not civilians. This is not hard. Well, it's not hard if you've got a confused Marxist worldview that somehow redefines reality from Harvard University solidarity groups. We, the undersigned student organizations hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all the unfolding violence. Huh? It's funny. So let me get this straight. If you believe that a government is acting inappropriately, it's okay to blow up its civilians. Oh, okay. That, It sounds really progressive, which brings us back to our sarcastic article. The sensitivity industrial complex was nothing more than a front for the advancement of progressivism has been obvious to most thinking people for a bit now that the ruse would be rendered so obvious by a single international monstrosity was not. One day they were telling people who did not think that women have certain body parts that only males have, that there remained no place for them in polite society. The next they were explaining how important it is that college students be able to celebrate genocide in public. Amazing. 
absolutely amazing. And even be reimbursed for it. All of a sudden, it wasn't so important to speak out like before. Overnight, the claim that all lives matter became self-evident instead of a slur. The worldview of progressives, here's, it is entirely inconsistent. It is a house of cards. But the question is, how do you point that out to somebody who's a progressive? How do you point out to somebody who assesses the situation in the Middle East with all of their placards that read, I'm nice, be nice, we're all nice, make sure that you speak nice, act nice, say nice. But in this instance, it's okay that people are doing wicked, terroristic activities. You going to reason with that person? You going to fix that? I grant you, you might be able to find a case here or there where somebody goes, you know what, you're right. My progressive worldview, it has been built on a on a bunch of sand. Would be too close to actually quoting a Bible verse, but you maybe can find that person who kind of got with, they saw a lecture by somebody from the Daily Wire and they went, ding. But overall, you've got people who don't need to harmonize their worldview because it doesn't matter. What matters is that they are allowed to believe, think, say, do whatever they want to do. And if you, the light, get in the way of their darkness, you shine a light into their rather darkened worldview, you're the problem. You're the problem. This, this is, we see this all over the globe. Why does everybody seem to be at war indiscriminately because they make no distinction between Catholic, Protestant, doesn't make any difference? Well, why is it always against the Bible? Why is it always against Christianity? Why are, why are university professors bent on converting their kids from Christianity to agnosticism or better yet, atheism? But they never do that with the Muslims, the Hindus, or the Buddhists. Why? This is a spiritual battle that is going on. And if you want to help a progressive who thinks just to be polite, they 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 aren't gonna get it sorted. They their their brain isn't gonna get rewired by itself. They need regeneration. They need the gospel. They need to have God get in them and then transform their mind. How? Because of the word of God to prove that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. If we are a little bit agitated, annoyed, just absolutely incredulous that progressives think so poorly, well, we can continue to be agitated and we can continue to be riled up by conservative commentators that say, we got to do this, is just stupid. We got to change the university system. There's actually something that Christians can do. Witness to somebody. This is Wretched Radio. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please 
Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything everywhere you look. <laughs> Plus, that also means football season is in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up. And I don't have to tell you that Sugar Hype Kids are going to be coming knocking on your door, whether you like it or not. So you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched store as low as 99 cents per booklet. Now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the devil's day that's halloween get them before they're gone at wretched.org i believe in a culture of life one of the most impactful moments of my life was when i heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids the sonogram or the the pictures that are taken of babies still a profoundly helpful tool which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting preborn ministries preborn ministries and their network clinics they are giving away free ultrasounds to women but they do cost something it's 28 dollars an ultrasound and just as you heard governor DeSantis say his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat would you please consider supporting preborn it's a great ministry of life it has a high anthropology shares the gospel with women and with the dads preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched know your church fathers Cyprian was a 3rd century theologian from Carthage, North Africa, where he served as bishop until he was beheaded under Emperor Valerian. Cyprian authored a book called On the Unity of the Church, stressing the unity of the universal church as well as the importance and authority of the local church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is just for Jimmy. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? the truth. Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio because Jimmy's feeling a little sad that his services were not needed for the Sarcastic Article of the Week Award. Jimmy, I've got for you a number of stories and you do get to determine which story is darkest, most agitating, just plain ridiculous, something like that. Are you prepared to represent the tens and tens of people listening to Wretched Radio. I am ready to judge. Story number one. Go ahead, Jimmy. You just read it to me. Oh, oh. Uh, so there was, uh, um, there was uh, in in Oregon, 
the uh, state of Oregon graduation requirements uh, for high schools no longer include knowing how to read, write, or do math because of racism. Okay, good. Those <laughs> kids. Hey, by the way, you'd better get in the queue to hire those kids when they graduate because, whoa, <laughs> they are going to be highly sought after, those kids who don't know how to read, write, or do arithmetic. And here's the crazy thing. the, uh, the Something worse? Well, to me, the Oregon Board of Education unanimously voted. Unanimously. It was unanimous. <sighs> Well, let's see if I can help you. That's story number one. Story number two. This is from a Stanford scientist. Here's our education system at work for you. Says humans have no free will. Now, this is an article in the LA Times. I don't know exactly what he means by no free will, because if he means that in a Martin Luther kind of way, <laughs> the German reformer would say, das ist recht. Recht? Right. Das is, yeah, is what he would say, because your will is in bondage. Your will is controlled by another, either by the devil or by the Lord Jesus Christ. This guy, I, I don't know how he, they, they keep using the term free will. Uh, I, how's it about moral responsibility? But his claim is that you you just can't control what you do. You are merely a victim of circumstances. Ergo, get ready for this. Whatever crime you commit, who can blame you? After all, you have no free will. Wish I were making this up. He reached the conclusion that virtually all human behavior is as far beyond our conscious control as the convulsions of a seizure, the division of cells, or the beating of our hearts. So, you animal, you just do not have the ability to control your members based on the way that you were raised, whatever proclivities that you have genetically. We are just not going to blame you for anything that you do. I wonder what might happen if somebody tried to use that defense after they hurt the child of this Stanford scientist. I wonder if he might actually, I don't know, come to his senses. Here's the quote. This is just, this is, this is. That means accepting that a man who shoots into a crowd has no more control over his fate than the victims who happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. There is just moral equivalence because there is no morality and nobody can be responsible. So you get run down by a kook or you run down a group of people. Same. What planet? Is this guy living on? It means treating drunk drivers who barrel into pedestrians just like drivers who suffer a sudden heart attack and veer out of their lane. This is this this type of thinking can only be cultivated on a university campus. This just I and I'll bet he doesn't even apply this to his his aides who don't do what they're supposed to do. I'll I'll. I'll bet he maybe feels like people. I wonder if he grades anybody or does everybody just get an A plus because it just how can you blame somebody if they get an F? It's not their fault. It's all the same after all. Quote, the world is really goofed up and made much, 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 made much, much more unfair by the fact that we reward people and punish people for things they have no control over like ending a sentence with a preposition. 
We've got no free will. Stop attributing stuff to us that isn't there. Okay, thanks for that, Professor. How much you make in a year? What sort of grant you getting for that type of brilliant thinking that you're actually trying to download to children? That's number two. You ready for number three? Uh, yes. Chaplains are now legalized in the state of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott signed into law SB 763, authorizing public schools. They can divert money from school safety funds to support chaplain employment programs. And a group, apparently, of religious people, let's be charitable, got together to say that's a bad idea. Now, I will admit, they think it's a bad idea, too. That your dollars in Texas are going to fund whom that has access to your children to teach them spiritual things? Uh, personally, uh, we'll, we'll take care of that. Well, let's, let's stick with reading, writing, and arithmetic. Wait a second. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> what are we supposed to, what are we doing with these kids all day? All right, kids, get on your cell phones. We'll see you at 315. What else is happening in these places? This is the quote, however, as clergy members, we believe inserting chaplains in place of professional counselors. Uh, is he right there? Hey, that's that's the part that you see that we need professionals to help kids with emotional issues. Because what could chaplains possibly teach the kids about these sorts of things? They need the professionals into our schools. It's a grave threat to democracy and the weighing of children across the state. Wow. I mean, I don't like the idea of a Jehovah's Witness chaplain, the Satanic chaplain, the Mormon chaplain, a Bethel chaplain going into the schools and have our tax dollars pay for it. But a threat to democracy? Well, then, okay. Here it comes. These are clergy members, by the way. For a transgender student experiencing anxiety, stress, or other mental health concerns, especially in light of the state's ban on gender-affirming care, gender-affirming, gender-affirming, guy's a, he's a, he's a minister of some sort, gender-affirming care, uh, I don't recommend you spend much time, maybe no time at all on this, but sh should you desire to understand what this gender-affirming care really is? Um, I just learned of the barbarity of these practices. It's probably just the tip of the iceberg. It is so staggeringly shocking. I, it's beyond what you, it's, it's far more than what you think. I, I think we understand the obvious that, that we talk about. We can use a sanitary term, mostly sanitary term like castration or double mastectomy. Oh, it goes well beyond that. What they do to the human body in this charade called gender-affirming care is absolutely revolting. And these chaplains, are this, this article that was written in the Statesman, the opinion piece, the chaplains in schools are bad for transgender people, defending transgender people. This came from the director of the Interfaith Alliance of Texas. Professional chaplains undergo rigorous training in order to be certified to provide spiritual and emotional support. We should leave mental health care services to professional school counselors who are actually qualified to do the job. Hold on. This article is just loaded. 
Christian nationalists and their allies are bent on imposing one worldview on everybody else. And the chaplain bills cannot be separated from that context. Jimmy, how much hyperbole could you put in one article? That's article number three. Did you enjoy that? I did. I rather enjoyed that. Alrighty. That's number three. Number four. Well, we've got a theme. Dylan Mulvaney won Woman of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) From who? An LGBTQ magazine in the UCK. Dylan Mulvaney is our Woman of the Year. It's called, I think it's called Virgin Atlantic, I think. Here's, Here's the quote from Dylan. Knowing that my community sees me this way and acknowledges my womanhood is all I need going. I'm actually relieved to hear that. Then they can stop imposing their worldview on the rest of us. If they don't need our affirmation, why do you insist on our affirmation? Just wondering. That's story number four. By the way, not the first such winner. In 2015, Glamour magazine named Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce, as its Woman of the Year 2022, trans-identified Biden administration Dr. Rachel Levine, formerly known as Richard, UA Today's Women of the Year. Mm-hmm. You know why, Jimmy, don't you? Why? Because uh, it takes a man to be a great woman. <laughs> what it is right there. <laughs> That's four, Jimmy. Yes. Well, don't sound all defeated. <laughs> Your work here is not done. I know. I'm, I'm not, not even close to the bottom of this slew. I'm st- stack of stories that indicate the world. It's so flipped. It's so upside down. Even, even the most aggressive, anti-evangelistic evangelical has to say some something supernatural has got to happen here this is wretched radio and it's now time for a wretched news break here on wretched radio i'm jimmy hicks well we start today with an update on the story we recently told you about the nhl the national hockey league prohibiting players from putting rainbow pride tape on their sticks during games. But guess what happened? Some progressive backlash happened and the league has quickly reversed course and now they're going to allow the tape. The NHL said it wants to foster diversity and inclusion, even if that means mandatory virtue signaling, apparently. It's unfortunate the league caved so easily to the online outrage mob, but that's exactly what happened. Meanwhile, the total inversion of reality continues in school sports. Out in Utah, a biological boy who identifies as female has just won the girls' cross-country title for the fastest sophomore at a regional meet. This comes just a year after the same kid ranked 172nd as a freshman boy. But now, competing against girls, a mid-level male athlete is breaking records and dominating the top prizes. Because, well, equality or something. And on college campuses, alarming new trends are continuing, and recently a light was shined, shown, shunned, not shunned, shown onto this by none other than Dr. Phil. That's right. It's the spread of pro-Hamas Palestinian student groups that are promoting ugly lies about Israel. The groups are harassing Jewish students and spreading anti-Semitic propaganda thinly veiled as activism. And as Dr. Phil says, this intellectual rot is going unchallenged by gutless administrators. 
Likewise, radical trans activism is running amok, demanding everyone affirm falsehoods like trans women are women, and those who refuse, like author J.K. Rowling, face vicious attacks. Rowling said she'd rather go to prison than tell a lie, and it may come to that, but lies can't be given equal footing with the truth. Some sanity does remain overseas. In Pakistan, a Christian couple accused of blasphemy have been granted bail as they await trial. They were arrested when a Muslim man claimed he saw offensive texts on the husband's phone. Usually, that's all it takes. Blasphemy laws in Pakistan are easily abused to persecute religious minorities, typically and predominantly Christians. Let's pray the truth prevails and this couple finds justice. And finally, we end with some encouraging news on the pro-life front. New reports show that abortions have dropped almost 100% in states that have implemented bans. Thousands of innocent lives have been saved from the needless brutality of murder. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. 1 Corinthians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Paul addresses his concerns about divisions and immorality in the church. Then Paul answers questions from the Corinthians about marriage, food, worship, gifts, and the resurrection. When you want to understand God's high calling for the church, look to 1 Corinthians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Which story is worstest? Let's let Jimmy be the judge. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, if you recall, story number one, Oregon no longer requiring students who graduate to read, write, or do arithmetic. Right. It, hey, how are they going to pass their driver's test? <laughs> I don't know. Vote? Uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> they they probably just take care of that for them there anyway. Uh, hey, oh, <laughs> did that? Was he, she, she. Story number two, Stanford scientists say that people who do wicked criminal things can't be blamed. They have no free will. We're just flotsam and jetsam. We're just being battered about by our circumstances and our DNA. And we can't be held responsible for criminal activities unless, of course, you commit a crime against a Stanford scientist, then probably has a different viewpoint. Number three, <sighs> chaplains in school. The article that was written by an interfaith group basically making the case that Christian chaplaincy, because that's who they're after here, unqualified, unprofessional, they have no skills, and all they're going to do is make transgender people feel unsafe. Story number four, Dylan Mulvaney is the woman of the year, <laughs> according to a... Great Britain magazine. Story number five, Jimmy. Okay. This is back to the UK. And a UK judge just ordered a pregnant 11-year-old girl to get an abortion. Ruling that termination was in the girl's best interest because she wasn't old enough to make a wise decision for herself. Hey, what is, what is that smell? I thought we, we celebrated 11-year-old. Two-year-olds who think they're a different gender and give them gender-affirming care. What, 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 what happened to that? That we let the kids do whatever they think is best for themselves. Unless, of course, we don't like it and then we'll impose our values. This is a tragic story. No matter how you slice it, this young lady was abused, victimized. It, it was criminal. I don't care if the kid was only 14. He should be in jail. 
and be grateful that he still gets to breathe. Sorry, we have got to stop letting children be treated this way. A 14-year-old knows better. Unless, of course, you're a Stanford professor. Then the kid, it's just basically like he won the art project at school. No moral difference whatsoever. So this young lady found herself pregnant. And she said, I actually want to be pregnant. I feel special. I, I, I want to have the baby. The judge said that she had naive, magical thinking in her approach to the pregnancy. So he imposed his values on this young lady. And now she has to have an abortion. It's probably been carried out already. A health board applied for, quote, declarations that termination of pregnancy would be in her best interest. Doesn't she get to decide what her best interests are? Hmm. Did you want consistency in worldviews? A mental health consultant additionally argued that the girl lacked competence to carry through with the pregnancy. And a team of health specialists said the birth posed serious health risk to the girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it would absolutely be a difficult delivery. But does that justify what sort I'm looking for, murder? These judges, about as consistent as you would expect from pagans. That's story number what number are we on? Five. Five. That's thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. I didn't know you were so good at math. Story number six. You're gonna love this one. A fellow was just ordered to pay a woman two point four five million dollars because he gave her a case of herpes. You say, well, yeah, that's kind of something. Hold on, I forgot the rest of the headline. Son of Texas megachurch pastor. Ordered to pay a woman, he gave herpes $2.45 million. Wow. How cool is that? Right. By the way, the, the kid's employed at the church. So it's not just the pastor's son. He's actually a pastor at the church. And according to this article, which comes from the Christian Post, still on staff. Lovely. Uh, by the way, side just a side note, the article contains it. I'm just throwing it in. The verdict comes three years after Pop cut ties with the Southern Baptist Convention over a statement. This was from the seminary presidents denouncing critical race theory and intersectionality. Uh, that, that congregation left the SBC. And now they made the news again with a son who has to pay $2.5 million for giving a girl herpes without disclosing it. You like that one? Yeah. 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 Story. Number seven. Oh, this is this is great right here. Professor, this is a different professor, encourages activists to start mass movement for kids' right to sex work. A Johns Hopkins University professor appeared to advise a self-described self-sex work activist to create a mass movement to promote the idea of children in the sex interest industry. The audio was recorded at the 2023 Socialism Conference. No, not making it up. You could put me in a room with a box of crack. I couldn't come up with these headlines. I'd leave that up to the world. The panel discussed abolishing the age of consent. Huh. Well, that at least would be consistent. Because if a four-year-old can determine that he's a she, then why not, according to that worldview? We know something's wrong with that, don't we? That's why we don't let four-year-olds vote. 
or drive, carry a firearm, do a lot of stuff, walk with a stick, frankly. The panel discussed getting rid of the age of consent. The reporter who recorded it noted that most of the audience appeared accepting of the idea that children have a right to solicit sex. Now, here, it come, here comes the gaslighting because it liberates children from their parents. Oh, I, okay. I got how that's working right there. This is story number seven. You ready for story number eight? Mm-hmm. Are you having the time of your life? Yet? Uh, blast. Secretary of State Blinken warns that Azerbaijan could soon invade Armenia. This is a story we probably picked up on a couple of weeks ago. There was basically a road into a territory in Armenia. And in the town that that road had ingressed to were mostly Christians. And the religion of peace put up a blockade. And those people are starving to death. This is a region predominantly populated by Christians. Azerbaijan reclaimed control of the region via a 24-hour offensive last month, killing 200 ethnic Armenians. Ten civilians, thousands of ethnic Armenians have fled to seek refuge in Armenia and elsewhere. Last week, the prime minister accused Azerbaijan of ethnic cleansing. Hey, Jimmy? Yes? You're a news guy. You heard anything about this? I, I don't think so. Huh. That's funny. Huh. I wonder why the progressive newspapers wouldn't cover such a horrible atrocity. Huh. Between 1915 and 1923, an estimated 1.5 million Armenian Christians died after they were expelled from the Ottoman Empire, now known as Turkey. Jimmy! Mm-hmm. Ottoman. Is that like a footstool yeah. empire? Is that what that is? <laughs> who, like... who was running this Ottoman empire? Hmm. Turkey denied the existence of the genocide. It took over 100 years before the mass killing was finally acknowledged as a genocide by the U.S. government. By the way, PBS is doing a special on that, Jimmy. They're covering this one. They're not messing around. They are getting to the bottom of the story with all of the facts and all of the details so that America knows that the Muslims are not so peaceful after all. Mm-hmm. And actually, they're not. They're not. They're not doing that at all. Story number eight. You do it. Do it. No, that was story. That was Sorry. eight. Yeah, yeah. A little, little off on my math on that one. <laughs> all right. I mentioned this one yesterday, but this is story number nine because hey, let's see what's going on at the Dove Awards. To their credit, the Dove Awards didn't actually nominate Flamey Grant, but Flamey was allowed to appear along with the Cademan's call singer. He dressed up as a she. You know what I actually think could actually be a bigger tragedy? I'm not sure. I'd have to weigh this one. I looked at the lyrics for the song of the year for the Dove Awards, Uh uh, and it was written by Jen Johnson of Bethel, which is the center of NAR mischief. And the song, it was, ba- it was based on, was it Psalm 135? Uh, the, the love, God's love endures forever. And it, but it, but it, it, it doesn't really follow the pattern of the psalm because the psalm, which repeats the refrain, the loving kindness of God, the chesed of God endures forever. It endures forever. The psalmist loads it up with knowledge like God slew the king of 
of Og and Bashan. His loving kindness endures forever. He brought the Jewish people out of the land of bondage. His loving kindness. And in other words, they, they give you reason to know why God's love endures forever. When I read this song, it was like, his love just chases me. It surrounds me. It feels good to me. And it doesn't give you any proof that God actually does other than a feeling. That's article number nine, Jimmy. Okay. Make it snappy. I can't review them. Which one? <laughs> what are we calling this? Which uh, story is the most agitating? I would say number two, the Stanford scientist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because? Because, well. It's nuts. <laughs> there you have it. This is Wretched Radio. You are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Master's Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people. You're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org Bible, or if you prefer wretched.org Pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful for your ongoing support. Whether you're giving to us monthly, ongoing as a gospel partner, or if you're purchasing resources from the Wretched Store, everything you do helps us to reach the world with the gospel. And honestly, we need you because we can't do any of this without you. We are looking for partners who share the same passion we have in spreading the gospel to people everywhere. And understand, we're not only asking for your financial support, we're asking for your prayerful support as well. Your faithful and consistent support is what helps us to reach millions all over the world with a life-saving knowledge of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org donate. You can get all of the answers to all of the questions that you have right now on what it might look like in your life to do so. Wretched. Amazing grace amazing gospel. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck. One dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Titles of Christ. 
Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the physician. Jesus healed many physical ailments during his ministry on earth. When he comes again, he will put an end to death and disease and give us spiritual bodies to last for eternity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Don't normally do this, but it is oh so worth it. This is Wretched Radio. Been talking about a sermon delivered by Milton Vincent, John 13, 18 through 32. Judas betrays Jesus. Jesus, knowing his thoughts, what he's about to do, says, skedaddle, Judas, go and make it snappy. Don't be deterred from your dirty deeds. And he walks out of the door and it is Night, Milton Vincent, revealing the heart of a shepherd, pointing his flock to the good shepherd so that they will love him more. That's what preaching should be about. Number two, this is a bit of an altar call because you'll hear point number three. He convicts people of sin, not by pointing a finger and saying, sinner, 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 but by pointing to the goodness of Jesus and his kindness to Judas and to us brings about a conviction of sin. Don't normally play a long clip, but we're gonna. Think about all the advantages that Judas had. Of all the time that Judas could have lived throughout human history, he lived during the days when Jesus walked the earth. Of all the people living on the planet at that time, Judas was chosen to be one of the 12 whom Jesus picked to be his disciples and to travel with him wherever he went. Judas had the privilege of being commissioned by Jesus to go out and and preach the gospel of the kingdom and to heal the sick and even to cast demons out of people in Jesus' name. Judas was one of the 12 who had the privilege of seeing Jesus feed the 5,000 and calm the storm and raise Lazarus from the dead, along with witnessing um, most all of the other miracles that Jesus did. Judas heard Virtually all of Jesus' teaching and saw how gracious and loving Jesus was towards sinners. He saw this one that John describes as full of grace and truth. And it was Judas who probably had the honored seat to Jesus' left at this Passover supper where Jesus' head was at Judas's breast. It was Judas to whom Jesus offered a tasty morsel of food in a gesture of intimate friendship after washing his feet. And yet with all of those privileges, Judas betrays Jesus and ends up experiencing a fate so awful that Jesus says it would have been better for that man if he had never been born. How does one exist in hell, in eternal hell with the memory of the privileges that were Judas's and yet how he gave it all away for 30 pieces of silver? This is the deceitfulness of sin. Behold the power of an idol to so distort the soul of a man that he would stare at the beautiful Jesus for three years and walk away from him and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver that just hours later he will end up hurling onto the temple floor, not even wanting that anymore. At the end of his life, Judas will be without Jesus. He will be without the 30 pieces of silver. He will be without any consolation. And his torment will be so great that he will take his own life and then be ushered into eternal perdition. And yet, and yet, 
John would want us to know that this passage today isn't so much about Judas. It's about the glory of Jesus who saw right into Judas's heart and knew what Judas was up to and foretold his betrayal before it even happened. In John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, John tells us these words, Jesus knows all men, and he doesn't need anyone to testify to him concerning man, for he himself knows what is in man. And we see that truth on display in our passage today. So how Jesus is not threatened by Judas's betrayal. He knows that his father will take what Judas intends for evil and work it out for the ultimate good, which is his crucifixion upon a cross, so that through the shed blood of Jesus on that cross, God might provide atonement for sinners like you and me and make us right with God. You see, if Jesus didn't want to die on the cross for our sins, he would have never let Judas leave this room, right? Leave in order to set in motion a chain of events that would make salvation available to you and to me. Jesus sees all the way through you and into your heart, just as he did Judas's. And it's precisely because of what Jesus sees and knows about you and about me that he lets Judas walk out of this room on this Passover night and lets himself get arrested and then slain upon a cross in order that he might be our savior who saves us from our sins. Will you let him, if you have not already, will you let Jesus be your savior? I hope you will. One takeaway from this passage should not be that we each go on a hunt to find out who the Judases are in our church. Yes, we certainly need to be discerning, but our passage today teaches us that Jesus knows who the Judases are, and he will reveal them and expose them at the proper time. And whatever those Judases may try to do against Jesus, God will harness their evil deeds to serve his own purposes in the world and what they mean for evil, God will turn out for good. The gates of hell, no matter how many Judases there are, will never prevail against the church. Amen. But what happens to Judas in our past sober all of us deeply and remind us of the danger of giving Satan a foothold in our life. What happens to Judas should remind us that there is such a thing as saying no to Jesus one time too many. This is what happens to everyone who ends up in hell. And I pray that it would not happen to anyone in this room. But our passage today also should leave us immensely grateful for God's grace in our lives, right? As I studied this passage this week, I found myself thinking of, of all the times when I have chosen sin over Jesus and walked away from Jesus and into some stupid night of my own choosing. How foolish I have been throughout my life, even as a believer, on far too many occasions. But instead of letting me go into that night that I walked into, Jesus came after me and he found me in the night and drew me back to himself. And he's done that again and again and again. The difference between me and Judas is not that I'm a better man than Judas. The difference is God's sovereign grace 
through Jesus, for which I will spend eternity praising God for. And I know many of you feel the same way. Just in closing and knowing how some of your consciences work, I'm sure some of you are hearing this message and you're left wondering, you're asking, might I be Judas? Might I turn out to be a Judas? I hope not, but could I be a Judas? I know one way to guarantee that you won't. Just keep falling at Jesus' feet. Keep asking him every day to be your savior. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And when you fall into sin, confess your sins to him and receive the grace that he gives and let him apply his gracious forgiveness to your conscience. And don't walk away from your fellow disciples into some lonely night that only you inhabit. Stay with them and stay with Jesus. If you are here this morning and you are in the grip of some particular sin, it's not too late for you. Fall at Jesus' feet today and ask him to rescue you from the darkness that is engulfing your soul. Come out into the light and let Jesus give you the rescue that you need, the rescue that only he can give you. That is a shepherd with a shepherd's heart wanting you to understand the heart of the good shepherd that he lays down his life for dumb, sinful, rebellious sheep that we would run to him maybe for the first time, maybe for the 912th time and he never casts you away. That was an altar call. Didn't sound like it, but it was a call to salvation. It was lifting up Jesus as the good shepherd, helping us understand how wicked our sin is by going our own way and not into the green pastures that he provides so that we might see him and be led to repentance because of the kindness of God. If you've never, ever run to the Good Shepherd, don't, don't let this day pass. You have just heard that he will welcome you and he will receive you. Don't delay. Every day you wait, you are simply missing out of being in a relationship with the Savior who died for sinners. What is not to love about a Savior like that? And until tomorrow, go serve your King.